Welcome to the Rock Church Audio Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us today. Rock Church is located on Harrison Avenue between Mulford and Perryville Roads in Rockford, Illinois. Today, our message is brought by one of our associate pastors, Dan Kohler. As you are already aware, we're celebrating uh, Advent, and the theme for this Sunday is hope. Um, I told Pastor Jared it's really going to be difficult to follow Dave Ogren a couple of weeks ago who talked about hope. You remember his message? You know, hope's in the past, but it's in the future. It was a great message and uh, just brought so much uh, hope to me personally, and so I just rejoice in that. You know, by its very nature, hope does incorporate the future. It does involve what's going on, going to happen in the future, but it also impacts the present. And as we celebrate the Christmas season, we look back to the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in that is our hope. In that is the promises that we have, that our God is able to fulfill the promises that he's made and given to us through the prophets and through his word. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about hope that transforms. Um, You know, hope in and of itself kind of carries with it an expectation of something good happening in the future. And with that, I'd like you to turn to our text, just a single verse for this Sunday. It's found in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Paul writes, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope is a confident trust in God It's a confidence in the promises and the revelations found in his word. As we see in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This book, the Bible, is a written account of God's intervention in the course of human history. And it's on this that we base our faith and our beliefs. Again, hope, obviously, is the topic of the day. We look back at the birth of Jesus, born of a virgin in a little obscure town of Bethlehem, prophesied hundreds of years before, and the God we serve brought it to fruition. The past is important when we start talking about hope. Let me tell you a true story. 1933 was the beginning of the TVA, the Tennessee Valley Authority. Uh, They were going to build a large dam that was going to be a hydroelectric dam. And it was going to provide electricity for most of the south. And as they built the dam and they kept going along, there was one family that refused to move. Even though they had a brand new split-level ranch up on the hill, they wanted to live down in this little cabin in the hollow. 
No matter what they did, no matter what they threatened them with, lawsuits, bulldozers, whatever you can think of, the family refused to budge. Finally came the day that they were going to begin flooding the valley. And the authorities were desperate. They couldn't figure out, what are we going to do? How are we going to get this family to move? And so they sent a social worker down into the valley to talk to the family. And as she sat in their home, and it was just a hobble, she sat there and she said, can you help me explain to the authorities why you won't move? It's a beautiful brand new house on the hill, and it's yours, free. And the father looked at her and said, you see that fire over in the fireplace? She said, yes. My granddaddy built that fire over 100 years ago. And he kept it lit because he didn't have no more matches. And it's a long way to the neighbor. And when granddaddy died, my daddy took it over and he kept the fire burning. And when daddy died, I took over keeping that fire burning. That burnt fire has not gone out in over 100 years. And I am not about to let my fire, my daddy's fire go out. Point of revelation came to the social worker. She says, oh, the fire is the issue. And they said, yes. She came back a few days later and she carried with her a big metal tub. And she said, how about if we scoop up the coals of that fire, put them in this metal tub, and you take them up to the hill to the new house and put them in the fireplace there. Would that be acceptable? And the family huddled and they talked. And uh, finally the dad turned around and said, yep, that, that, that would do. We keep daddy's fire going. And they agreed to take that fire up on the hill and put it in the fireplace and put some kindling to it. And granddaddy's fire came to life once again. You see, the past was so important to them that they couldn't make a move in the future. They couldn't make a, a move in the present. The past is just as important for us today who believe. The past of the born of, of the birth of Jesus Christ is essential to our faith, but is also essential to the hope that we have that there is a, a future, but also there's a hope in the present. It's important for us. It gives us hope. It gives us comfort in the present. But it should also give us direction for the future. Hope is not some kind of wishful thinking. It's not some kind of Pollyanna spirit. It's, it's not, gee, I hope I win the sweepstakes because life will be a lot easier. Some of you have said that, but you didn't really believe it. This is a mistake because it mistakes optimism for true hope. It's a mistake to have a positive mental attitude which states that there's a silver lining in every cloud. This kind of hope only leads to despair and despondency. You know, and sometimes that can be very devastating, can't it? When our optimism is dashed when it doesn't come through like we thought it would. But our hope is something quite different. It's a hope in God. 
It is a, it's a gift of God. And it comes by virtue of God's resurrection power. Paul stated this in his letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And it is incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Paul's prayer was that not only the Ephesians, but we today who have read this, will have the same kind of hope. It's a hope in the resurrection power. It's a hope in that power that exceeds anything that we can imagine. That we might know the incomparably great power for us who believe. You know, it was that kind of, kind of hope. It was that kind of faith that Abraham had when the angel told him that he was going to have a son. We read in chapter 4 of Romans... Paul recorded the story for us. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his face, he, faith, in his faith, he faced the fact that the body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old, that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he promised. That is why it is credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us who God called will recall us into righteousness. For God, who believed in him, raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. Against all hope. Abraham believed what in the natural looked impossible, which in the natural it was impossible. He was 100. Sarah was about 90 at this time. He didn't waver in his hope because... He believed in the promises of God. He was strengthened in his faith by that hope. And he was fully persuaded, the word says, that God was able to do what he said he could do. You know, these words weren't written just about Abraham, but they're words that were written for us too. Do you really believe that God is able to do what he said he would do in your life? I look around the world today and I see a world that is filled with hopelessness and fear. I see a world that is hamstrung at best. They have no hope. They have no reason to hope for they don't have Jesus. Abraham was fully persuaded that God could. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you fully persuaded that 
that God could and is able to do what he's promised you. Are you fully persuaded? We're looking back to look at the future. We're looking back at a man that was 100 years old who was given a promise that far exceeded anything happening in the natural life. It was a promise that today we know for sure was fulfilled through the children of Israel. For Abraham, it was a clear conviction, born of faith, that God keeps his promises even in times when things look bleak, when they look like nothing possibly can happen. That's the kind of God we serve. He's a God that gives us hope for the present because he holds the future in his hands. Therefore, we have a hope in the future as well. I like what uh, Eugene Peterson wrote concerning hope. He said, hope is, re- is a response to the future, which has its foundation in the promises of God. It looks at the future as time for the completion of God's promise. But hope is not a doctrine about the future. It is a grace cultivated in the present. It is a stance in the present, which deals with the future. As such, it is misunderstood if it is valued only for the comfort it brings, as if to say, everything is going to be all right in the future because God controls it. Therefore, relax and be comforted. Biblical hope operates differently. Christian hope alerts us to the possibilities of the future as a field of action and as a consequence fills a presence with energy. Let me repeat that last sentence. Christian hope alerts us to the possibilities of the future as a field of action and as a consequence fills the present with energy. Christian hope, faith in Jesus Christ and in his word fills our lives today with energy. We should be energized by our hope. Peterson calls it to the fact that those that hope in Jesus Christ are called to action. His word promises to energize us to respond to the world around us. I've mentioned this before, but again, it's a burden on my heart that how the church in the United States has become complacent how we find Christianity so easy and that we become accustomed to it and we're, we're comfortable in our complacency. I believe that God wants to start something new. I believe that God wants to do something in our hearts. And God wants to take us to the next level. The writer to the Hebrews put it this way. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. We have this 
anchor, this hope that is an anchor. And that anchor is in Jesus. We have a faith that we can look to the future and rely on the promises of God to fill us with hope. Our hope must be in God, in His Son, Jesus, and in His Word. What does this kind of hope involve, though? We have a hope that's based on God's love and His grace in the middle of sufferings. Those may be things that we're currently experiencing, things that we're currently going through. You know, the storms of life come and go, don't they? I'm reminded of the time that the disciples are on the boat crossing the Sea of Galilee and Jesus is laying on a cushion in the stern and he's sound asleep. And as often happens on that shallow sea, a, a wind came up and the waves began to be big and the storm raged and the disciples panicked and they cried out to Jesus, 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 save us. And Jesus got up from his slumber and he rebuked the, the wind and the waves with a word. And the disciples were amazed that he calmed the storm with just a word. And Jesus looks at them and says, Oh, you of little faith. That must have been something really magical, though, when you think about it. Being in the boat and the storm and the waves are coming over the gunwales, the wind's blowing and it's lightning and thunder, and Jesus gets up and says, peace, be still. And the seas are level. Wouldn't you just love to have been there to see that? Some are shaking your head yes, some are going, uh-uh. You know what I believe the greater miracle was? And I believe it's true today. Jesus calmed their hearts in the midst of the storm. Jesus wants to calm your hearts in the midst of whatever you're going through. That's a genuine miracle. That's hope. Hope holds us steady to the course when the storms of life are raging around us. Secondly, um, we have this hope that all the suffering and heartache will be done away with. It's a hope that the corruption in the earth will be gone. We won't face that anymore. And boy, we've witnessed a lot of corruption in the world today, haven't we? There'll be no more sickness, no more death, no more evil. Just think about it. Jesus is in our midst. There really isn't anything to fear. It really doesn't matter who won the election. It doesn't really matter that there's a pandemic around us. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our Lord. And a manifestation of our hope. All of this stuff will pass away. It'll be gone. Swept into oblivion.
the last week of her life, Judy and I were, not the last week, but the last week she was in the hospital, Judy and I were talking, and she said, I'm excited. I'm going to get to see Jesus. I am really excited about it. But I don't want to leave you. She had great faith and a hope. She was excited about the prospect of seeing Jesus face to face. For Judy, there wasn't a shred of doubt. She had a revelation of the person of Jesus Christ. And she had a hope in the midst of MS and sepsis and three hospitalizations and rehabs and all that she went through, yet she had this hope in Jesus. It was her hope that helped me and my children walk through that storm of life. We have this hope, too, that the resultant effect of our Faith in Jesus will bring us to the point that salvation is real. I'm forgiven. And God knows I have messed up. When I think of Paul's words that I am the least, I think I'm below that personally. For I really messed up my life in so many ways, but I have this hope. I think, I think that this is an old Jewish saying. I don't know for sure, but it goes something like, this is not my home. I'm a pilgrim traveling through. For me, it's really true. This is not my home. I'm merely traveling through. And I have a faith and I have a hope that I am destined to live in the future with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have this hope that there will be new heavens and a new earth. There will be a dwelling place for us in eternity. Jesus told his disciples that he was going ahead to prepare a place for them. And he told them that in his Father's kingdom there were many mansions. We have that hope made sure that there's a place for us. A place to belong, a place to believe, a place to feel loved and secure. The very words of Jesus will never pass away. They will come to fruition. It will happen just as he said. We have the hope, the blessed hope, of our Lord and Savior Jesus appearing again for a second time. He's returning for his church. And we have this hope that he said that the dead in Christ will be the first to rise. And after that, we too will be caught up. What an awesome promise. The power that raised Jesus is the power that will raise you and I. 
It's the same power that will lift us up into heavenly realms to be with him. We have a hope that we will receive a crown of glory and righteousness and life. He's promised that we will reap in heaven what we've sown on earth. As we stand before the Father and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. What a hope. What a hope. And then we have the hope of eternal life. It's a guarantee to all who trust and obey in Jesus as Lord. This familiar passage. Sometimes I think we just let it roll off the tip of our tongue and really doesn't have the impact that it should. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 I pray that we not take that lightly anymore. That we renew within us a hope that it is going to be fulfilled. That we will have eternal life because of Jesus Christ. The storms of life come and go. Some of you are experiencing storms right now. Some are severe and even unthinkable. Some are moderate to mild. But there will be storms. However, we have this hope that's made sure it's an anchor for our soul. And it's anchored in the person of Jesus Christ. We have hope. The world around us doesn't have hope, but we have hope. Let me close with this story. John Wesley was traveling from England to Georgia. The year was 1735. He was aboard the ship Simmons. And the ship encountered one of those North Atlantic storms that they call a nor'easter. The waves are just tremendous and the, and the clouds darken. There's lightning. I mean, it is one of the most ferocious storms that occur in our world. And Wesley observed there was a, a group of Moravians that were on the ship with him. And the Moravians were on their knees worshiping and praying and praising God as if nothing was going on. And Wesley looked at them and, and he immediately prayed out to God, God, give me that kind of faith. Give me that hope that no matter what's going on around me, my peace is in you. You know, I really believe that if we walked in that kind of hope, if we had an energized hope in our hearts, that there would be such an influx of people into the church today, our buildings could not contain it. See, the world is desperate for hope. If you listen to the news, I don't care if you listen to Fox, CNN, NBC, or any of it. Nobody has hope. Nobody. Nobody has hope. But if a Christian energized by the hope that comes through Jesus Christ, there's something different about them. There is something that stands out that people notice. 
that we need to pray for a greater anointing upon our lives, that we have the ability to share the hope that lies within each one of us. Because the world around us is dying and hopeless and hapless. As we remember the birth of Jesus this Christmas, let me encourage you to look forward to hope in the future. I ask you to open up your heart today and let the Spirit of God stir within you a new hope. As you do that, watch how God transforms your life. Then let the light of your hope shine to those around you. Let the light of your hope be the beacon that draws people to you. And they say, what is it about you? What, what do you have? For I see in you a hope that I don't have. And I want to know, what, what is the source of this hope that you have? Jesus said it this way in Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Church, our, our world is desperate for hope. There's no answers out there. The only answer is Jesus. The only source of real hope comes in looking back to Christmas 2,000 years ago and a baby born of a virgin came into this world. He bled and died and paid the price for you and I. And he gives us a hope that not only for the present but a future. If you let that hope shine this Christmas, I can guarantee you Somebody's going to walk up to you and say, what is it about you? There's something different about you. You are not despairing for life like the rest of the people around me. You know the hope that is within you. I pray that you would look for opportunities to give someone else hope. To speak into their lives and maybe pray for them and pray with them. Maybe even be able to lead them to a relationship with Jesus. I encourage you today to rely on the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do that. You see, we can't do it in our own strength. Pastor Jared can't do it in his strength. Pastor Marty can't do it in his strength. I can't. Nobody can. We need the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be able to, to do that. 
I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I just want you to open up your heart to the Holy Spirit right now. Ask the Lord to come upon you. Father, let your spirit fall on this place. Somebody this morning, I don't know if it's in the service or you're at home, but God spoke in my heart. Somebody is despairing. You're despairing for life. Depression is trying to overtake you. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke that spirit. In the name of Jesus, I command healing and I command hope and I command faith to rise up in that person or persons. I just sense there's more. I just sense too that some of you are are worried about what's happening in our our world in, in the United States. And let me assure you that Jesus is still in control. But let me ask you to give your give your worries, your anxieties. The word says that we should be anxious for nothing. We should be anxious for nothing. I come against anxiety in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it and bind it in Jesus' name. And I pray that the peace of God that passes understanding, passes all understanding, will guard and keep each heart and mind in Christ today. Lord, I just pray that you would, by your spirit, elevate our hope today. As we go through this Christmas season, May the name of Jesus be upon our lips and a smile on our face because we have the hope that is an anchor in you. Hallelujah. I just, um, I did this in early service. And uh, because of guidelines and things, we haven't had the altars open in a long time. And I just felt impressed with the Lord today. If you need personal prayer, I'll I'll put on my mask. And uh, I'll be down in front here if you need prayer. I just invite you to come to the altar. And Pastor Jared will do the same thing. I I don't want you to leave today. And let you receive everything that God has for you. I just, God is wanting to move. God is wanting to do things in your lives. Young lady, you need to respond. God's got a call in your life. He set you apart. He's anointed you. I saw it when you're praising God this morning. The Spirit of God was all over you. And you need to walk in the calling and the anointing that he's given you. I want you to receive the blessing of the Lord, which is our text. Stand with me as you receive the blessing.
May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Go in the peace of God. Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We hope this has been a blessing in your life, and we look forward to having you joining us in person for a service soon. Our service times are Thursday nights at 7 o'clock and two services on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. God bless you.